Hello and welcome to the 14th episode of the State Hornet Sports Podcast. My name is Sean Holko and I am the sports editor. On this week's episode, football beat writer Mac Irving and I discuss what happened this past season with the football team as the football team went a miraculous 9-3 on the season, won a share of the Big Sky title for the first time in school history, and will be making an appearance in the FCS playoffs also for the first time in history as the team clinched the fourth seed in the upcoming FCS playoffs, which begin this Saturday, but Sacramento State has a bye, so they will not be playing until December 7th. And now, my conversation with Mac Irving. So, Mac, let's just get right into it. I started the season as the football beat writer because I wasn't the sports editor. Someone else was, but things changed. I became the sports editor. You came from ARC and being the sports editor there, covering football at ARC, to stepping right in and covering the Sac State football team. So before we get into the season itself for Sac State, what was your early thoughts coming in the season? What were some expectations you had? Are we talking about expectations just as far as the team? or? Yeah, pretty much just as far as the team. How, how do you thought they would perform on the field? Um, well, I didn't, <clears throat> I didn't know a lot about Sac State football before I came to the school. I paid attention a little bit last season when they went, uh, what was it, 2-8? and eight? Yeah, 2-8. and eight. Yeah. I tuned in to some of the end of the games just to kind of get a scope for how they were. But, uh, yeah, I did not expect them to come out – full guns blazing and make the playoffs. That was not what I expected from this team. Yeah, I, I, I don't think anyone really expected it from us as students and journalists to the team itself. I uh, Even in the postgame presser this past weekend at UC Davis, you saw you and I both saw Darian Chote's response when they asked, did you think this was likely going to happen? You just could see the expression on his face that it was kind of a surprise for, for everyone in the program. And so let's just give a little background first before we get into to the 2019 Sac State football team. So this year was the first year under head coach Troy Taylor. Troy Taylor came from Utah as he was one of the offensive coordinators at the University of Utah in the Pac-12 for two years before coming to Sac State. And he came to Sac State and replaced Jody Sears, who in five seasons at Sac State only had two winning seasons. Obviously, you alluded to it earlier that last year they were two and eight. Um, they had one less game last season due to the, the campfire and all the smoke canceling the Northern Arizona game. But nevertheless, it was a bad year. And coming into this year, there weren't really that many expectations. And part of that has to do with the tough schedule that they came into this year um, with, with the tough schedule just in big sky play. So, Mac, let's just preview the season real quick. So, Sac State opened the season with a softball game against Southern Oregon. Then the next week, they travel to Pac-12 school, Arizona State. Then they take on an Arizona State team. Then they come back home. They play Northern Colorado. That's a Big Sky matchup, but it's not technically a Big Sky conference game. Then they go to Fresno State to play Fresno State out of the Mountain West Conference. And then finally, Big Sky play begins after all of that. And we all know that the gauntlet that Sac State had um, coming into this year. So, first of all, um, what were your early impressions from, from Troy Taylor when you, when you first uh, did an interview with him at the beginning of the season? When I first talked to Coach Troy, you know, he seemed like a down-to-earth guy. Uh, he seemed like he was really excited for what he could bring to the Sac State program, especially after such a down year. And, you know, I got the vibe that, you know, it was going to be an improved team. Like, they were going to be – knowing Troy, 
while looking at his uh, resume from Folsom and Utah, you know, I expected him to be an offensive-minded guy. So I expected an uptick in the offense from last season. I did not expect to see a big swing in the defense, but, you know, new coach bump maybe, so... Yeah, you know, that's that's a really good uh, good point that you bring up because when Coach Taylor came in, he brought in a whole new coaching staff, replaced everyone on the coaching staff except for the running back running backs coach, James Montgomery. And so he brought in all his and all of his own guys, even brought in four guys from Folsom High School where he coached at from twenty twelve to twenty fifteen, as we mentioned earlier. And um, one of those guys is defensive coordinator Andy Thompson, who has done a great job with the defense this year. Cherokee Valeria, and there's many other coaches on the defensive side who have been a part of the success that the Sac State defense has had this year. So we mentioned the matchup against a Pac-12 school in Arizona State. Then we, we talked a little bit about the matchup at Fresno State. Those were going to be two tough games early in the season, no matter what, for Sac State. But then when Big Sky Conference play began at the beginning of October, and this is all preseason rankings. So this is this is what the rankings were coming into the season of what Sac State's schedule looked like because all of the preseason rankings are based off of pretty much what happened last year. So on the Sac State schedule, just in big sky play, here in Sacramento at Hornet Stadium, the Hornets had to match up against number four, Eastern Washington, who had lost in the uh, FCS championship game last season. They had to match up against number 25, Montana, number eight, Weber State, and number five, UC Davis, all at home. So all of your home games were going to be super-duper tough. So, Mac, what did you think was going to be the result from from all these tough home games? Because for me personally, I would have probably just hoped for one or two wins out of that. I think you're absolutely right. Uh, just looking at the strength of that schedule, just looking just looking at the numbers, it was just uh, it seemed like a really hard challenge for Sac State to go in and get multiple wins out of that. Like I say, I think maybe one or two, like you pull off an upset against somebody, but man, they really uh, surpassed any expectations we had for this season. Yeah, they sure did. And and part of that is the up-tempo offense that you alluded to earlier, brought in by head coach Troy Taylor, Kevin Thompson. We know he was a senior last year, got two more years of eligibility from the NCAA. And for me, it's it just seems like a match made in heaven between uh, a veteran college quarterback in Kevin Thompson and then an experienced coach in Troy Taylor. So we saw the offense do very well, but the biggest roadblock for the team as we already mentioned was the schedule and I just want to get to a quote from from my season preview that I wrote before the season started and this is from senior defensive back Kalen Barnes talking about the schedule that was going to happen he said it's definitely going to be tough I feel like we have one of the hardest schedules but in the big sky conference you never know the underdog can be the best team and we saw exactly that with Sac State this year so Mac now let's get into it let's talk about the 12 games that happened this year in regular season play for Sac State before they start the FCS playoffs for the first time in school history on December 7th at Hornet Stadium so first game of the season we already mentioned it a little bit it was a bit of a softball game. You're going against an NAIA school in Southern Oregon. And last year, Sac State had a, a cakewalk matchup in their very first game. And then after that, they only won one game for the rest of the season. So in the first game, Sac State beat Southern Oregon really bad. They beat them 77-19. So what were your thoughts as you were watching that game from the press uh, press box? I was just thinking, wow, this team is really going and going out and giving it to Southern Oregon because – it's hard for any team to put up 70-plus points, even against a school like Southern Oregon. So 
for them to come out and do that, it was really kind of a statement of intent that to show us that they mean business this season. And I asked Coach Taylor in the postgame press conference, you know, last year this team won this game in almost the same kind of fashion. How do you make sure this doesn't happen? And I remember he said quite clearly, I wasn't here last season, but we're going to make sure that we're consistent throughout the season. And that was, that was, I think, one of the main points for the team to stick through throughout the season. Yeah, and, and that's something that I noticed just from the very first practice that I went to in uh, in training camp before the season started for this team is that Coach Taylor, with the new coaching staff that he brought in, they taught a culture of love, loving the teammate next to you, being there for the teammate next to you, and the results really showed on the field. And Sac State, in their very first game, they scored the most points, if I remember correctly, the most points in franchise and program history for most points scored in a single game, scoring 77 points against Southern Oregon. So it was a great start to the season for Sac State, but if you're like me, you might have been a little pessimistic for the for the rest of the season. So, Mac, week two, Sac State goes on the road to play a Pac-12 school in Arizona State, and Arizona State is a good school led by Coach Herm Edwards, a former NFL coach, and not only are they a Pac-12 school that's from a Power 5 conference, but they look like a, they had a pretty solid team. And Sac State went into that game as 35-point underdogs, but they only lost 19-7. to So I remember you watched that entire game. What were your impressions from that game? Um, I just thought, you know, it was amazing that they held Northern Arizona without a touchdown for three whole quarters. You know, whatever you think of uh, FBS versus FCS teams, it's obvious that there's always a perceived gulf in quality between the two between the two types of schools. So for them to go in there and only hold on Arizona to nine points in the first three quarters, I think that was really the first sign that this team might be able to go on and do something special. Yeah, that's that's a really great point because the defense really stepped up in that game. The offense struggled a little bit, but that's because they were going against stuff, such a tough defense in Arizona State. But that was really impressive for me, the fact that they go into that game as 35-point underdogs, and then they only lose by like a third of that by 12 points. So even though that was a loss, that was an early game in the season that I found to, to be impressive. So that brings us to week three. Sac State returns back home. They go up against a Big Sky Conference rival even though it wasn't technically a Big Sky Conference game. And we saw this same thing happen last year. And uh, the school I'm alluding to is Northern Colorado. Last year, we saw Sac State travel to Northern Colorado early in the season, get a win at Northern Colorado, but it technically didn't count as a Big Sky Conference game. And so we see the same thing happen again this year. Northern Colorado comes to Sac State, and Sac State made a statement. They won 50-0. to So besides... Besides the Bears putting up a big goose egg on the scoreboard, um, what impressed you from that game? Um, I believe Kevin Thompson had multiple touchdowns in that game. He had been performing, we performed well in the Southern Oregon game and especially in the Northern Colorado game. So for the offense to stay consistent like that, I know it's uh, only a, another FCS team and, North, and Southern Oregon was just an NAIA school, but still for him to maintain that level of performance up there, was a good showing for him. And also the defense keeping them zero points. It's really hard to get a shutout win in any level of football. So that is extremely impressive. 
Yeah, that's a great point because even in the game, the first game of the season when Sac State had scored 77 points, they still gave up 19 points to to a lesser school. And I know that some of those points came in garbage time when the subs were already in and the game was already over. But still, it, it was very impressive to see them hold uh, a Big Sky Conference rival scoreless in that game. So that brings us to week four. Sac State went back on the road again, another tough matchup. They went up against Fresno State. And Fresno State is a Mountain West school, which isn't a Power Five conference team. But if I if I am not mistaken, they are FBS team. So it was another tough FBS matchup for Sacramento State. They go to Fresno State playing at Fresno State, and Fresno State is a place that Sac State has never had success at. They go a couple years ago, the last time they played at Fresno State, I remember the final score being something like twenty-seven to three, something something like that, where it was it was a large point spread in the in the final margin of victory. Anyways, Sac State and uh, Fresno State end up battling in that game. And Sac State, after three quarters, Mac, they were right in it. Can you can you tell the listeners how that game went? Yeah, so uh, it was 14-12 to 12 at halftime. Fresno State was up. But it was clear that Sac State was there to play. And the third quarter, complete defensive slugfest, no points scored. So Sac, just like against Arizona State, Sac State was in this game in the last quarter. And then, uh, you know... I think just the quality of an FBS school really came out. Fresno State put up 20 points in the last quarter. They pull away for a 34-20 to 20 win. But still, you know, looking at the box score from this game, Kevin Thompson, three touchdowns. Uh, they didn't have a strong rushing game, which uh, might be one of the reasons why they kind of stumbled in the fourth quarter. But still, another good showing from them going in. They were big underdogs in this one, too. I believe it was 20-plus points, so really good showing. Yeah, and another really good showing for Sac State on the road against an FBS school. And at this point, Sac State is 2-2 two and two on the season, and the season could have gone anyway. Are you going to step up big, and are you going to play well in these tough Big Sky Conference games? Or are you going to fold as you've done in past seasons and end up with a losing record? That was the real question for this team, and they sure did rise to the occasion. Because I mentioned in the opening that the Big Sky Conference schedule this season was going to be tough, especially with the opening game to Big Sky Conference play at home at the beginning of October against Eastern Washington. Eastern Washington came into the season ranked number four in the FCS preseason rankings, and then they fell off a little bit in in the in the first five or four weeks of the season so then by the time that Sac State matched up with Eastern Washington they were ranked number 22 but keep in mind this is still an unranked Sacramento State team that no one was taking serious and then Mac they ended up beating number 22 Eastern Washington yeah I really hate to keep using the word statement win but I mean this is exactly what this team showed us there was a lot of statement wins this year yeah there were 21 to 7 at the end of the first quarter Sacramento State was up I think Eastern Washington was kind of flabbergasted you know I've talked to Coach Taylor about maybe underestimating teams, underestimating opponents. He says that, you know, it's really hard to underestimate teams because all of these teams are so good. I wonder if maybe Eastern Washington wasn't expecting this level of performance from Sacramento State. But then again, nobody was coming into the season. This was a really big win. 21 points in the first quarter, 14 points in the last quarter, 48-27 to win. And I think it was at this point that teams around the big sky started looking seriously at Sacramento State. Yeah, I think at that point, teams in the big sky stopped sleeping on Sac State, quote-unquote sleeping on them, um, and they actually did start taking them seriously. But I, I also think that some of these teams were like, all right, 
Eastern Washington, they're falling off a little bit. This Sac State team, they'll probably be middle of the road. First year head coach, I don't think that they'll do much. But Sac State really proved in the next week that they are for real. And this, for me, was the biggest statement win of the season from the Hornets as Sac State traveled to Montana State. They played at Bozeman, Montana at Montana State. And not to mention was Montana State ranked number six in the country coming into this game, but it was also their homecoming matchup. And a lot of teams, they like to schedule uh, a lesser opponent or what they think is a lesser opponent for their homecoming game. So then they can send all their fans home happy with a homecoming win. But that's not what happened for Montana in this in this game, Mac, as the Bobcats ended up losing to the Hornets 34-21. to And uh, could you just tell the listeners a little bit more about that big one? Yeah, it's a really big matchup. Montana State was ranked number six in that game. And again, Sac State was still unranked at the time. They hadn't really made that jump into the polls. So I think people might not have. They were like, okay, it's just Eastern Washington. But they come in. It's 7-7 to at the end of the first quarter. Sac State put up 14 points in the second quarter. 13 points in the third quarter to go up to 34 points. It's really impressive here. Uh, Kevin Thompson, 23 of 30, 260 yards, three touchdowns. He also ran for 74 yards. That's a really big performance from your starting quarterback right there. And I think that's one of the main reasons why Coach Taylor was so keen to have him as a focal point of the offense. Oh, yeah, definitely. And and when I talked to Kevin before the season had started, um, when I was planning to be the football beat writer, is I asked him about the offense, and he said that this offense was a lot more up-tempo, and that was the biggest thing for him is how up-tempo it was. And you could really see that Kevin was going to thrive in this system because he did well under Jody Sears in the previous regime um, when they were here at Sac State. But the thing about the previous regime versus Coach Taylor and his coaching staff is they really didn't – um, use Kevin to his full potential and all of his abilities because we've we saw flashes in the last or at least I saw flashes in the last two years when Kevin was playing that he could run when he wanted to but they mainly kept him as a pocket passer but under coach Taylor a lot more versatile offense a lot more open for a lot more things can happen and and we, we've we've seen Kevin flourish this season as he did and after that Montana State game if I'm not mistaken Kevin was named Big Sky Player of the Week Offensive Player of the Week because of how big of a performance he had on the road against such a tough opponent and the fact that uh hey mac they got another statement win there <laughs> as uh sac state went on to beat the bobcats in bozeman bozeman montana all right so that brings us to the next week sac state played against the other montana school in the big sky in the university of montana so sac state played number five so they're playing an even higher ranked team in the following week against number five ranked Montana in their homecoming game so we knew that was going to be tough we knew it was going to be tough in that homecoming game against Montana but you know Mac you, you mentioned it a couple times and after the first couple games and now I'm just repeating you it was another statement win for Sac State as they won 49 to 22 against Montana on homecoming and to be fair I was I was commentating this game for KSSU, so I, I remember it very well. Montana had their quarterback go out in the second half with an injury, so that should be noted. But by the time that their quarterback went out with an injury, the game was already in hand, and Sac State already had a firm grip on the win. Yeah, if I remember correctly, in that game, uh, Montana's quarterback, I believe it was uh, Dalton Sneed, he went out in the second quarter, 
score was already 18 to 7 at the end of the first quarter. Uh, they put up another sex, they put up another 17 points in the second quarter. You named Montana State as probably their biggest win of the season. I think it was this game. This was a real show. It's always great to go out on the road and smash somebody the way they did Montana State. But for them to come back home and on the second week to beat another top 10 ranked school in Montana. Uh, it's just incredible for them. You know, that's a really great point because sometimes a team can get an upset and they can they can beat a good team, but then it's like, what are you what are you gonna do for me next? What are you what are you gonna do next? And Sac State really proved that they were true contenders by getting that win against Montana. And it also should be noted that this season in twenty nineteen, the Sacramento State football team beat Montana and Montana State in the same season for the first time in school history which is, I could just, I could rattle off so many firsts and so many records that were broken this season by the Hornets football team. It really has been a remarkable season. All right, now let's get to October 26th. Sac State is on the road. They're playing at Cal Poly in this game. And this is a game that they should win. And Sac State, they they took care of business early. They made a statement early. They seized control of the game early. And Cal Poly runs a triple option offense, but the defense wasn't phased by it as the Hornets went on to win 38-14. Yeah, they were flustered a little bit early on in this game. You know, Coach Taylor had said how deadly the triple option is. You know, you just never know what they're going to run next. So it was 0-0 zero to zero after the first quarter. Cal Poly was really struggling with the pass. I don't – I would have to check the stats on this game. I don't believe they attempted a pass until the second quarter. Yeah, I don't think so. So They just were run, run, run. Yeah, and Sac State, you know, it's just too much for Cal Poly there. 17 points in the second quarter. They go up 17 to nothing at halftime. And for them, for that, and it was just pretty much cruising on, you know. Yeah, Sac State, that, this was a game that Sac State was expected to win, and they did win by a large margin. That brings us to the next week. November 2nd, Sac State is playing at home against then number three Weber State. And this was such a good matchup because you get two top 10 ranked teams in the Big Sky going up against each other, fighting for first place in the Big Sky as both teams came into that game with zero conference losses. So whoever won this game was going to seize control of the Big Sky Conference. And unfortunately for Sac State, they did not win this game. I actually was not at this game. This was the one game, the one home game I did miss this year, and it's because I was in Washington, D.C. with my fellow State Hornet editors. But, Mac, you were at this game. Sac State ended up losing 36-17 to against the Wildcats. Can you break down what happened? Yeah, so coming into this game, you know, they had beaten Montana State. They had beaten Montana. And it's, it was always, we were always looking at the schedule after those games. Like, all right, which ones are the games that they could stumble against? If they beat this team, you know, they pretty much have a clean run to the end of the season. It was always this Weber State themed game that was going to be a tough game for this team. They struggled big time in the first quarter. They were down 9-3 to in the first quarter. They started to start to come back in the second quarter. But then what really happened to them, they lost Kevin Thompson. He got hit on a corner blitz, and he was knocked out for the rest of the game. So Jake Dunaway had to come in. Probably not the best team to come in last minute against. Probably probably State. the toughest the toughest matchup you can you can walk into as a backup quarterback. Yeah, so I think he performed, you know, okay. He kind of overthrew some of his receivers a little bit. But, you know, I think that's just, you know, him getting accustomed to the offense. This was always going to be a tough game for Sac State. Losing Kevin Thompson didn't help. 
they go they lose 37 to 36 to 6 17 as uh it was a knockback but they didn't fall far in the rankings they only fell to i want to say number eight so i think the coaches and the stats poll really recognized that this was a real marquee matchup for the Big Sky. Yeah, not only was it a matchup of the two best teams in the Big Sky, but you you mentioned it there that when your quarterback gets knocked out of the game, um, and it was early in the game too, it was in the second quarter if I remember correctly, because even though I was on the other side of the country, I was watching the stream on Pluto TV, so I did see it happen, and um, just as a Sac State student, I was sad to see Kevin go down with an injury because you never want to see a player get injured. And we know that Kevin has an injury history, but luckily he wasn't out for too long. It so, kind of it kind of felt like when he went down, you know, the energy kind of deflated a little bit. Oh, definitely. And I know they probably won't like to admit to this, but it, if that's what it really felt like, especially from the press box. Oh yeah, I'm I'm sure because you you lose your quarterback who's playing so well, and it, it is to be expected. All right, so Sac State falls to Weber State on November second at home. It was their first Big Sky Conference loss of the season. Then that brings them to their next week at Northern Arizona. They hadn't played Northern Arizona in two years, and it's because we mentioned earlier last year's game that was supposed to be played at Hornet Stadium against Northern Arizona was canceled due to so much smoke in the air due to the campfire that took place in 2018. But Sac State goes to play at Northern Arizona, and they go to play um, against um, the, the Lumberjacks in their own dome, and they were undefeated coming into the game at uh, at home. So, Mac, this game was really interesting because this game was played with Jake Dunaway at quarterback. Kevin Thompson was out for this game. Coach Taylor didn't want to tell you what the severity of the injury was. He didn't want to tell anyone, and that's completely understandable because at the end of the day with sports, it comes down to trying to strategize and trying to give your opponent the least amount of information that you possibly can. So, as reporters, we understand when they don't want to tell us those things, but we also have the job to ask. So, you, you tried to ask. You couldn't get any information. It's all right. Kevin Thompson was day to day is is what we were uh, in the know of. So anyways, Kevin Thompson misses that road game at Northern Arizona. Jake Dunaway starts a quarterback. Jake Dunaway is no scrub. He's a good quarterback. He played well in this game. The, the, the team itself struggled as a whole and Sac State ended up finding themselves down by 10 points with less than two minutes to go in the game or less than three minutes to go in the game. And ESPN, their FPI, which is basically like the percentages for chance to win, gave Sac State less than 1% of a chance to win this game when there was under three minutes left in the game, and uh, the Lumberjacks led by 10 points. But, Mac, uh, ESPN was wrong in this situation. Yeah, I think anybody watching this game would have agreed with that less than 1% chance. This was a real rubber band back-and-forth game. Sac State led after the first quarter 14-0. Northern Arizona came back and tied it up. It was 17-all at halftime, and it was just a real back-and-forth affair. Northern Arizona took a 10-point lead, uh, and at that point, it kind of looked done for Sac State, but uh, they got the ball back, and uh, this was a a 25— they got the ball back with one less than two minutes on the clock. Yeah. They took two plays to go 37 yards, 25 seconds, 25-second drive. Isaiah Gable catches a pass from— Jake Dunaway. So they're down, but so they have to kick the onside kick and then they have to score again. So they go into the onside kick formation. Pierre Williams really stepped up in the last minute of this game, recovered the onside kick, and then was able to get on the end of a pass from Dunaway 
23 seconds left. Sac State gets the go-ahead touchdown. It was 18 yards. They win this game 38-34. to It was. It could have been a real season killer this game because uh, I believe, you know, I wasn't at the school at this time, but in 2017 they missed the playoffs with a 7-4 record. Exactly. And, and I, I remember that season very vividly because the team was on a big high in, in 2017. They even beat UC Davis in the Causeway Classic at the end of the season, and uh, – a lot of teams or a lot of the players on the team thought that they would get in. A lot of us students here at Sac State thought that they had a decent chance to get in at seven and four, but they were snubbed. They didn't make it. And I remember you even texting me during this Northern Arizona game and saying, if they lose this game, are they still going to make the playoffs? Because we all know it could avalanche from there and it could just tumble down. But luckily for the Hornets, they won that game. And it also should be noted that before Devin Medeiros, the senior kicker, kicked the onside kick that Pierre Williams miraculously recovered, and then Pierre Williams went on to score the game-winning touchdown. But Maderos kicked his first onside kick, and it was recovered right away by Northern Arizona State or Northern Arizona University. And then, but their head coach had called a timeout before the kick, yep. so that gave the Hornets one more chance. They executed the perfect onside kick, and they went on to win the game, thirty-eight to thirty-four. I believe the proper term there is icing yourselves. Yeah, they they iced their they iced themselves. That was a situation where it backfired on them, and the Hornets got a much needed win on the road at Northern Arizona. Worth noting, Devin Medeiros had been struggling at this point in the season. You know, he missed some kicks early on. He didn't get a lot of opportunities to kick because they didn't need to they were getting into the end zone a lot so he was kind of struggling this game he was on it though he kicked yeah he made field goals extra points and the onside kick named big sky special teams player of the week yes he he did so well that mac uh interviewed him for his seat or for his game preview the next week because uh he made such an impact in that northern arizona game so the next week sac state goes and plays at idaho in their last game of the regular uh in their last road game of the regular season as they played against the Vandals and Sac State controlled this game from the jump and it was over quick. Sac State went on to win 31-7. Yeah, Kevin Thompson was back for this game. This looked like standard business as usual from the Hornets. You know, Idaho only scored once and that was in the third quarter, 31-7. Kevin Thompson didn't have the greatest game, but I'll tell you, it was the strength of their rushing as a team that really led them over the top in this game. Yeah, you know, that that's a really great point, and Sac State got another much-needed win. And in the second-to-last week of the season when Sac State had played at Idaho, Weber State and Montana played against each other. And coming into that game, Weber State first placed in, in the Big Sky with zero conference losses. Montana had the one conference loss to Sac State. And all Weber needed was a win to lock up the Big Sky title. Exactly. But as Mac might have alluded to there with the tone of his voice... They didn't lock it up as Montana went on to dominate Weber State and beat Weber State. So going into the last week of the regular season, there was a three-way tie in the Big Sky Conference for first place. You had Weber State, Sacramento State, and Montana. Those three schools all held tiebreakers over each other, and that's just based on head-to-head matchups. So Weber State had a tiebreaker over Sac State. Sac State had a tiebreaker over Montana, and Montana had a tiebreaker over Weber State. So there were so many different possibilities and outcomes coming into the last week of the season um, for Sac State to be able to win their first conference championship. Also worth noting, uh, elsewhere in the division, for the last week, Montana was going to be playing Montana State. And if Montana State had beaten Montana, 
they could have potentially earned themselves a share of the Big Sky. They would have needed help. But as many as five teams had a shot to win the Big Sky title because Eastern Washington also had a chance to win if enough teams lost. Yeah, there there was a lot of different uh, possibilities and outcomes that could have happened in that last week of the regular season. But Sac State, um, Montana, and also Weber State all were in the best positioning to try and win a conference championship. And as we noted earlier, Sac State had never won a Big Sky Conference Championship in program history. So it was a very significant game. It's always a significant game in the last game of the season against uh, the biggest rivals in UC Davis in the Causeway Classic. This game was played at Hornet Stadium again this year. We know last year the game was re- uh, relocated to Nevada because of the campfire just to be able to play the game. UC Davis dominated last year, but it's just because they had a much better team than Sac State. Nevertheless, the Causeway Classic is always an extremely important game for both teams. And coming into this last week, Sac State had a lot more to play for. And this game was really interesting because UC Davis came out in the first half and they really punched Sac State in the mouth. They made a statement. They were up 10-3 to on Sac State and they had Sac State in their own territory. They were backed up deep because one good thing that UC Davis did extremely well in this game is they punted extremely well. Even if their punter overshot it a little bit, they had special teams guys who jumped into the air, threw the ball back into um, into play, and they downed it within the Sac State 10-yard line or less. So Sac State was backed up in their own territory, and Kevin Thompson dropped back to pass. He threw a pass to his left, and he got intercepted. And the ball was intercepted and taken back for a touchdown because the, the defender only had to run five yards. It was taken back for a touchdown, and suddenly UC Davis led 17-3. to And things looked grim for the Hornets, but, Mac, things did get a little bit better. Yeah, they were in trouble in the first half of this game. I'm not going to mince my words. They were in trouble. Uh, but uh, Kevin Thompson luckily brought them closer with a touchdown late in the second quarter, rushing touchdown. Uh, Third quarter, they only managed a field goal, but the important thing was they kept Davis out of the end zone. Uh, Marshall Martin, 51-yard touchdown pass from Kevin Thompson. That brings them back into the game. And then Thompson sprinted 33 yards down the field to get them to to go ahead and what turned out to be the game-winning touchdown. 24 unanswered points from Sacramento State to win the Causeway Classic and win a share of the Big Sky title. Yeah, what a game. Sac State goes on to win 27-17. to Not only do they win back the Causeway Classic Championship, which is just a big old thing of concrete surrounded by some iron, I think. And, and, from, and from what Coach Taylor says, it is very, very heavy. Yeah, I bet it's really heavy because they just took a big block of concrete from the Causeway and they made it into probably one of the ugliest trophies that they could have. We're not here to discuss how ugly the trophy is. The important thing is they won it. The, point, the important thing is, is that they, they won the trophy. That is that is what matters. So, anyways, Sac State goes on to beat UC Davis in the Causeway Classic, which is important. But more importantly, Sac State won the Big Sky Conference for the very first time in program history. They didn't win it outright as Montana did lose to Montana State, so that eliminated one team from the running. But Weber State, they did take care of business in their matchup against Idaho State, which was kind of a a cakewalk, to be honest, for, for Weber State in their last game of the season. But they took care of business. They won a share of the Big Sky Championship. Sac State won the other share of it. So they're technically co Big Sky champions, but for the Hornets, that means nothing because they have never won a Big Sky Conference Championship. And the fact that they could call themselves conference champions, especially after last season and how things went, 
it was an amazing season. And you could tell it meant so much to the players and the coaching staff. Just the way they were jumping around and cheering on the field. They couldn't wait to get their hands on that big sky plaque. And I don't think words can say how important it meant to this team to bring home that title for the school. Yeah, so the celebration was on this past Saturday at Hornet Stadium. All the players were extremely happy, also the coaches, because first-year head coaches with a, a fairly older team, sometimes that's not always uh, a great mix because sometimes you get the older players who like the way things used to be, and then you get them battling with the newer coaches. But Coach Taylor, you got to give credit to him and his coaching staff for coming in. They did a great job integrating themselves with the the players when they first got to Sac State. That showed in training camp. That showed throughout this season with their progression and as a team. And there's a reason why they are Big Sky Conference champions. And if you remember, in uh, in the post conference, in the post game press conference, Darian Chote made a point of saying, you know, at the beginning of the season, he was a senior. He didn't know if he wanted to come stay at Sac State and play for a new head coach. He said he had to make that decision himself, and he's been rewarded because he said he felt loyal to Sac State, and he stayed and played under Coach Taylor. Kevin Thompson said everybody bought in, and uh, to borrow one of Coach Taylor's uh, most used phrases, seems like the team was fired up this season. Yeah, I think they were really fired up by a lot of winning play. So anyways, just to to rattle off a couple of uh, the biggest achievements for Sac State, is they won nine games in the regular season, which is the most in program history for total wins in a season. And the best part about it, Mac, is the season's not even over. That's the thing that I mentioned to you as we were walking away from Hornet Stadium after the postgame presser on Saturday, is I'm a senior, I'm in my fourth year at Sac State, and this is the first time that I could walk away from Hornet Stadium after that Davis game, or walk away from the football game against Davis, and to be able to walk away and say, wow, the season isn't over. Like, it was such a weird feeling for me to to have that Davis game be over and to know that the season wasn't over for Sac State, as now they are the fourth-ranked team in the country in the FCS going into the FCS playoffs. That's something I've always thought is really cool for FCS versus FBS, is they have a playoff system. Um, unlike in the FBS, where you only get the top four teams in the entire nation who yeah. make it into the college football playoff, I think it should be eight. That's a whole other argument. It's almost like the FCS has a playoff system, but that's an argument for another day. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a whole other argument for another day. That could be a whole other 30-minute podcast, but we don't have time for that. So anyways, Mac, let's get into the postseason for the first time in school history sacramento state will be playing in the fcs playoffs they will be hosting the first uh, or technically the second round of the fcs playoffs as the top eight teams get a bye sac state is ranked number four and so sac state will be playing the winner of the matchup that happens this upcoming saturday between austin p and Furman. so that's going to be an uh, intriguing matchup, but you should expect Sac State to be able to handle business as a top eight seed, at least in this first round in the playoff opener at Hornet Stadium on December 7th. I think a lot of people would think that, but it's important football. It's a, it's a really tricky game. Anybody can lose any given Saturday. So especially it's going to be a challenge because they don't know a lot about either of these teams. They're not in a conference that... Uh, you know they're familiar with so 
Yeah, you know that that's a really that's a really great point. Um, as Furman and Austin P, Austin P, they're nine and three. They have the same exact record as Sac State. Furman is eight and four, so they're right there. And so hypothetically, if Sac State is able to advance from that game against either Austin P or Furman on December seventh, Sac State will go into the next round, and they will all but likely play a Big Sky. Uh, rival in Montana State, the same Montana State team that they beat in Bozeman, Montana, when they were ranked number six. Now they're ranked number five. So, Mac, if that matchup were to happen, how would you expect the Hornets to fare? I expect the Hornets to come out with the same type of uh, energy that they've been coming out with this season. I'm. It'll be interesting to see how Montana State reacts. I'm sure they're going to be hungry for revenge for ruining their homecoming. So I expect Montana State would come with a lot of energy, and I expect Sac State would come with a lot of energy. So it'll be interesting to see if we do get that matchup. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah, it should be interesting to see how the Sac State football team responds in the playoffs, the first ever trip to the postseason, no matter how Sac State does in the FCS playoffs in a couple weeks, Mac. This season will be considered a success for decades as the team won their first Big Sky Conference Championship, made the playoffs for the first time in school history. And uh, this season, this 2019 season, was a surprise, but definitely a welcome surprise. And it, it'll, it's something that I'll remember for a really long time. I know you will as well. And all the players on the team, all the coaches, and all the students here at Sac State will remember this for a long time. All right, that'll do it for the 14th episode of the State Hornet Sports Podcast. For the football beat writer, Mac Irvin III. For the podcast editor, Will Coburn. I am the sports editor, Sean Holko. Thank you for listening to our 14th episode about the Sac State football team and the great success they have had this season. Once again, the Sac State football team will open the FCS playoffs December 7th at 6 p.m. at Hornet Stadium. If you want to check out more State Hornet sports content, go to statehornet.com sports. Tune in next week.